and hello to you, and welcome to the Richard Nichols Podcast, the personal development podcast series that's here to help inspire, educate, and motivate you to be the best you can be. I'm psychotherapist Richard Nichols, and this is episode 190. It's titled Conflict Avoidance. And if you're ready, we'll start the show. Hey there, happy fans. How's tricks? First off, I want to say a big thank you to new patrons that came on board in September. We have Lynn, Shyam, Mike, George, Ray, Team, Miranda, Hannah. Hello to you, and thank you. For those of you who are new to my podcast series, I make weekly episodes too on Patreon. It's around a fiver a month, and some of that goes towards funding psychotherapy for those who are struggling. And we're on target to reach our next financial goal of supporting somebody extra this month by the looks of things. Also, some of that cash goes to various charities. This month we added the Anthony Nolan charity to our list. They help find donors for people with blood cancer, amongst many other things. And there are loads of other charity stuff I've talked about before, so I won't bother you with uh, virtue signalling any longer. But suffice to say, if you become a patron of the podcast... You don't just support the show, you are literally helping to save lives in many different ways. So thank you, thank you all of you. So today I want to go into a little bit of detail about conflict avoidance. I've had a few conversations lately with private clients as well as uh, listeners through email and stuff, and it does seem to keep on cropping up. And maybe lockdown hasn't helped with that, um, but it was going on before that. Because this isn't necessarily about huge arguments either. Conflict avoidance is just as much about avoiding talking to a a colleague by emailing them about a problem that you've got, even though they sit like 20 feet away. But conflict avoidance can be about things that do really matter, though. It's why people split up over text rather than actually deal with the relationship problem face to face. And if you've ever had a huge sense of relief... If you ring somebody about a problem and their phone goes to voicemail, you'll know what I mean. It's like, great, I don't actually have to talk to them. I can just tell my tell them my issue on the voicemail. The thing is, they could ring you back before they replay the message and then you're stuffed. <laughs> it's far better to do things face-to-face. In fact, sending an email might, uh, might actually make things worse because there's no tonality to the words. There's no facial expressions. And it's really easy to misunderstand somebody's words that way. So although you probably don't want to hear it, we can't really get away from those sorts of conversations. We do have to have them sometimes. And I often find that the secret to making it less of a conflict is to make sure that you're both on the same page. That rather than seeing them as an enemy, you phrase everything you say as if you both have the same goal. In couples counselling, it's often called unified detachment, and the same process can be applied everywhere, really. What this does is reframe the problem so that instead of it being you versus them, it becomes the two of you versus the problem. If it's about relationship difficulties, then the conversation you might want to have with your partner um which is about how um, abandoned you feel or how belittling they can be sometimes. And even if it's the right thing to do to get it out into the open, it might be terrifying to have that conversation. So you just get drunk and throw something at them or just get so anxious around them that you end up spending the entire relationship treading on eggshells and the two of you just 
drift apart, bored of each other. But by getting them on your side so that it's both of you versus the problems in the relationship, then you can sit down and put things into place. Of course, every situation is different, but it could be as simple as just sitting down and saying, hey, we've been arguing more than is fair lately. What do you think we can do to prevent it? Because when we don't argue, things are great between us. Even if the other person just shrugs and says, well, I don't know. At least the difficult conversation isn't an attack on them. It's tackling the problem, which is external to them. And so they'll see you as an ally, not an enemy. Hopefully it then prompts some calm discussions about how to fix it. But if the conversation goes off course because they get defensive or stubborn and angry, then you might need to bring it back to the goal that you both have and remind them of the end result that you both want. A happy, respectful relationship. It's not easy because some people do have a chip on their shoulder and maybe have guilt or blame issues that makes them overly defensive, especially if it's about somebody else's kids, I find. If you um, if you have to have a conversation with somebody's mum because their son is picking on yours, and actually the, the two of you are friends or the kids used to be friends and it's all gone wrong, then if you both have the same goal of what's best for them then it's easier for you both to see that it's the two of you versus the problem rather than you versus her, which has got a much higher probability of fixing things compared to squaring up and saying, Oi, missus, you need to sort your kid out. In a lot of situations, it can be hard to see common ground, though, so you might have to dig a bit for it, especially with workplace disagreements. But hopefully, even then, you both have the same end goal at work of wanting a project to work or wanting the company to be a success. So including the other person in the conflict is really important. But obviously it needs to be done politely and respectfully. Make sure you ask them their opinion. Sharing the influence over the issue with them to come up with solutions, even if all you're doing is saying, hey, I noticed you've not had a chance to finish that weekly report that you do again. There's obviously... Some of the work that's taken priority and slowing you down. What do you think we could move so that this doesn't happen again next week? When you've got that sort of attitude, you're acknowledging the problem, but without blame, hopefully. Because these sorts of things mean we have to swallow our pride sometimes. Like I say, people have an issue with feeling responsible for something not working and might, out of habit, always blame others. It's not my fault. Comes up a lot in any sort of relationship. And so often the reply to that is, I didn't say it was your fault. And then there's a massive argument. But they're anxious. And in their head, they're thinking, if it's not my fault, then why are you talking to me about it? And all it does is make things worse. So if you can prevent somebody from replying with, it's not my fault, then we're all going to live happily ever after. But if they create false memories and pass it back to you with something like, Well, you didn't actually tell me you needed the report on Monday morning. You just said you needed it for next week. And it technically technically still is next week and will be for another four days. People can be pedantic when they're defensive. Swallow your pride. It doesn't matter if you did explicitly say, I need that report for 9am on Monday so that I'm prepared for my 10am meeting. Replying with, oh, I should have made myself clearer. You didn't know how important it was. Doing that won't destroy your universe. 
but it may just get your Monday morning report out of the admin assistant on time. And don't think of it as a competition. You're not trying to win an argument by telling your housemate off for eating your pot noodle. Anybody can win an argument by shouting and blaming and making the other person run off in tears. But to win against the problem, both people have to win. And that means not going in all guns blazing with, you ain't my my pot noodle, you git. (laughs) When I was researching the topic, one article on Bustle, I think it was, had more images than actual content, but never mind. One of the images they used was an animated gif from some TV show of a woman saying, we need to talk. That's a bad idea. In fact, that's a very bad idea. Because what that actually means is, we need to talk about you and how crap you are. And the other person is automatically on the defence. No good ever came from starting a conversation with, we need to talk. Whereas, I need your help with something. Do you have a minute? That does start things off well. Getting a teenager to tidy their room is a, is a right battle sometimes. Or getting them off YouTube or their console so that they can actually do their homework. And telling them that you think they're lazy is definitely not going to make them do it. But saying, hey mate, I've got some interesting ideas for you to help you get your homework finished sooner. We'll maybe make them listen and give you the opportunity to, to tell them about how useful it is to reward ourselves with things like video games after completing something like homework so there's no blame involved you're not blaming them for rushing their homework at the last minute if anyone's to blame it's the video game companies for making addictive games but hey that's for another podcast topic but don't blame them and don't blame yourself either but you can blame your position with something like this as your boss it's my job to have to look out for you That sort of thing. As your parent, it's my job to worry about you. As your therapist, it's my job to encourage you to talk about difficult things. I have to do that sometimes. We all do. It's a therapist thing. That way they don't blame me if they find it difficult. They see it as part of the process. And it's okay to apologise sometimes. Because it's hopefully, probably, genuine. You don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. And if you know that what you need to talk about might do just that, then it's okay to acknowledge that you're sorry about that. And actually saying, I'm sorry to have to bring this up, I know this is tough to talk about, is fine. But don't go too far. Don't apologise for existing. And don't don't make fake apologies. People aren't stupid. A fake apology, you would have heard people do fake apologies. That, um, that's using the word sorry, but blaming them for being hurt. We've heard politicians do that over the years many, many times. Things like, I'm sorry you were upset by what I said, is a bit rubbish, really, because it doesn't validate them at all. And if anything, makes more conflict. Whereas, I'm sorry I upset you with what I said. That's the truth. And that makes a big difference. Like I say, you want to both be on the same page. You need to agree And like getting kids to do their homework, you both need the same agenda. Saying, I know you want to play Among Us, but you have to do your homework, so turn it off in five minutes, please. That could lead to a typical teenage strop. So be on their side by avoiding the word but. Say and instead. I know you want to play Among Us and you have to do your homework, so turn it off in five minutes, please, is more supportive. 
Because we do that with smaller children. One of the first thing a parent learns is to be on their side when it comes to bedtime. It's one of the first parent hacks you ever stumble across in the books. By saying things like, I know it's more fun to stop up all night and I wish we didn't need sleep, but we do. You're on their side. You agree with them. And then you're not the enemy that they have to try and defy in order to be in control of their life. It can be hard to be on somebody else's side, though, sometimes, especially if they feel attacked because they could be defensive and angry. And we are the ones that need to stay calm in those sorts of situations. And when that happens, because it's a when, not an if, don't interrupt. Listen to them. Let them talk. If you've got to talk to somebody about their son bullying yours, of course they're going to be defensive. No one wants their kid to be thought of as a bully, so you might need to take a few deep breaths and wait and then validate what they've said and remind them of your shared goal of making the children happy by either becoming friends again or taking a breather from each other, but agree with them. If you put all these things that I've been talking about today together, you get a a sentence like... I'm sorry if I'm coming across as labelling them as a, as a bully. I can see how that would be upsetting. I'm, I'm not here to do that. What I'd like is to figure out with you how we can team up to help these kids get along or take a break from each other if they have to. And the thing is, if you have a lifelong habit of avoiding conflict, then this might take some time to learn because it's a skill. It's a life skill. But if you start off with just one or two of these approaches, you can soon build up a repertoire that means you'll never avoid conflict because you'll be good at having genuinely productive conversations with people. So let's go for today. Thanks for all the positive feedback, by the way, about the bonus episode that I did with Dr. Rada. That really did go down very well with everybody. Um, I'd like to do more chats like that with people. And actually, I've put the feelers out there with a few folk and there will be some more bonus episodes over the next six months because, um, well, One of the very few benefits of COVID is that some of us have got a bit more time on our hands lately to make podcast episodes. And I'm happy to put a bit of extra effort in for you. You deserve it. And my listeners are made up of quite a varied demographic, though, so it is tricky to find the right balance. We've got people who listen who are just interested in personal development. We've got some psychologists who fancy a bit of something more down to earth and less academic from time to time and there's everybody in between so the people who are going to appear on here will vary a little bit i've got neuroscientists writers even comedians lined up so there'll be something for everyone and i look forward to sharing my conversations with you all in the meantime stay safe keep smiling and as a wise man once said things work out best for those who make the best of the way things work out i'll speak to you again very soon take care